Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Zeke Said So Show. This is the one and only show where we talk about all things movie news, video games, comic books, television, and all sorts of geeky goodness. And what a show we have for you today. Uh, it's going to be a very, uh, very packed episode, mostly just uh, talking about our main topics. Uh, we have about one, two three and four main topics and then we have uh sorry that is my cell phone let me put that on silent that's that would probably work out better if we put that on silent and not have it go off while i'm recording um okay and then we have about uh one two three four five six uh q a questions but again uh our main topic is going to take up uh a large chunk of the of the show's runtime today, um, so yeah, we got ourselves a pretty big show. Uh, so let's not waste any time and let's uh, let's get right into it, man. This is gonna be is gonna be fun. So uh, uh, we have uh, let's talk about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, we had some early reactions come out. Uh, for Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the film is now out on Disney Plus, so you guys can go check that out. Um, uh, let me go ahead and uh, I'm going to read off some of these reactions and then uh, tell you guys what I think of some of these reactions. So uh, the film is currently, uh, let me see if I can find a, uh, see if it's got a, like a Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, see if it's got like a Rotten Tomato score. Um, here it is. Um, so right now, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, as it it's holding an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes with about eighty nine reviews. So a majority of critics do like it, um, and an eighty four percent audience score. Um. And so, so look, I'll be honest with you guys. When I first heard that they were doing uh, a movie called Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, um, and it was going to be cartoon characters uh, running around in a live-action environment, I basically had no interest. I had absolutely uh, no interest in the film, I uh, thought it was just going to be kind of like one of those little, I thought it was going to end up just like Alvin and the Chipmunks and the Smurfs and all that stuff. But then I saw the trailers and I love the trailers. Now I myself have not seen the movie. Uh, I am probably going to watch it sometime this weekend and I'll give my thoughts on it uh, before the weekend is over. Um, but, uh, but some of the early reactions came out, and I'll, I'll read off some of them. So Steve, uh, Stephen, uh, Steve Weintraub from uh, Collider uh, uh, says this. Uh, can finally talk about how awesome Chippendale Rescue Rangers is. The film is uh, laugh out loud funny and has more cameos and surprises than a Marvel movie. I don't know how uh, Akiva uh, Schaefer got Disney to agree to include some of the characters and other studios let let him use, uh, let him use them. Uh, also, every single poster in the 
in the background is worth looking at. I pushed pause about 50 times to see them. Huge thumbs up. All right, so that's some good news. So, so we're hearing a lot about some, we're hearing some cam- about some cameos. Uh, Christian Harloff, uh, famous famous YouTuber Christian Harloff, formerly known as uh, formerly known as Schmoes No, and uh, now he's kind of like the main guy in charge of the movie trivia Schmodown. And he says this: uh, just checked out Chippendale Rescue Rangers, uh, such a fun movie, really a perfect film to release for Disney Plus. Uh, shades of Roger Rabbit, Wreck-It Ralph, and Great Nostalgia blend for people who love '90s anime, who love the '90s animated series. Funny for ki- funny for adults and kids will love. Okay, there's that. Um, uh, in session film uh, writes on their Twitter reaction: uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is a f- is full of nostalgia and references. Uh, but I kind of love its clever, quirky premise. Plenty of fun and laughs to be had with it. So basically what we're hearing is that it's a lot of fun. Um, it definitely plays on nostalgia, but in a good way. It sounds like it sounds like the way it plays on nostalgia is almost the same way that uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit did it uh, back in uh, when that film came out. Now I myself love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I love that film. I think still to this day, um, it it holds up incredibly well. I think. So, I have been really um, curious about this film. Uh, really excited, um, and I cannot wait for for me to finally uh, sit down and uh, and watch this thing because um, I. Myself, uh, am uh, starting to get more excited now after hearing all this. Um, again, it's on Disney Plus right now, but I think I've been busy trying to re. I'm, I think I've been busy rewatching all the Star Wars movies that I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't really had time to go back and watch um, Chippendale. But I'll, I'll go back and watch it. I'll, I'll go back and watch it. It's uh, sounds like it's going to be something that I'll like. So, all right. Uh, speaking of Disney and all their IPs, uh, Pixar has released details of their new film. Obviously, this year uh, we've had uh, them, uh, Pixar, releasing what I would consider is not just the best animated film of the year, but one of the best films of the year, period, in Turning Red. I love that film. I thought it was fantastic from beginning to end. Just an absolute beautiful, beautiful movie with so much more going on under the surface. And I hope, and look, I hope Lightyear is good. I haven't really been impressed with the look of Lightyear, um, but I am getting, I'm starting, after hearing um, the buzz coming out of CinemaCon, I'm very look, I'm very much looking forward uh, to Lightyear. So that's great. Well, with the release of Lightyear coming up very, very shortly, Pixar has released uh has released details about their new film um, and uh, their new film. Uh, first of all, they announced that it will be directed by Peter uh, Soam. So, so I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm mispronouncing that name, um, but it will be directed by the, the same guy who brought us Pixar's the good dinosaur. Oh, what a gem of a film that was. Um, but the film is called, Elemental, and it's uh, and here's the basic premise for Elemental. 
Uh, Elemental will take viewers on a journey with an odd with an odd couple in Wade and Ember, uh, a go with the flow guy and a fiery woman contrasting uh, contrasting ele- of contrasting elements. Together, they'll explore a city where all four elements, earth, wind, fire, and water, live together. Uh, Along the way, they'll realize just how much they have in common, despite their apparent differences between fire and water. Early concept art shows how the elements have, have blended together in this city, with certain buildings covered in grass and and flowers and giant industrial fans sticking out of the skyline. We see Wade and Ember taking taking in the sights, leaving little splashes of water and burst of fire as they walk. So yeah, um, the last part I was was the the concept art, um, and uh, and the fi- oh, and they also announced that the film will be coming out on June sixteenth, twenty twenty three. So obviously, this movie's been in the works for a very for. A very long time. Uh, uh, now, I'll be honest with you. I did not like Good Dinosaur. Uh, I I didn't like it. I thought it had some very cute moments. I thought the ending was in, was incredibly beautiful. But I thought the journey getting there, like I liked the destination. I just didn't like the journey we had to get there. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty weak Pixar film and not one of their strongest. So the the fact that this director is coming now, who knows? Um, unfortunately, um, Peter Stone had the difficult task of um, of picking up because that was just such a troubled per- that movie just was a mess of a production, and Peter Stone unfortunately had to kind of pick that up um, and do something with it. Um, unfortunately, this was around the time that Pixar was having was going through their layoffs and all that stuff. And so, um, so I necessarily don't blame him for the good dinosaur because this is, it kind of feels like that they kind of were just like, we, we sunk so much money into into this. Let's just throw it in theaters and let's just get the movie out. You know, let's just get this movie done. And unfortunately, I feel like he just had to kind of he was on a, he was under a deadline because um, originally that was supposed to that movie was supposed to come out in 2014. They had to end up pushing it back a year because of all the troubles that it was going through. So I think if this is a movie that he that Peter Stone had had come up with on his own, that this is a story that he's really passionate about, then I think it might work. I have loved what Pixar has done ever since Pete Doctor took over. Um let me see. Uh let's see. Pixar films from 2020 through 2020 oh, through 2022. Let me see. Uh okay. So we had uh Soul, which I thought oh, uh wait. Before Soul there was Onward. Onward. Um, sorry, I almost for I almost forgot to mention. Uh, so we had Onward, which I thought was great. Soul, which might be Pixar's, might just might be Pixar's best film. Uh, Luca, which I wasn't a fan of, but I know there are a lot of people that really loved that movie. 
there was a, I know that there are a lot of people that really loved Luca. Um, I myself didn't, but hey, all film is subjective, and a lot of people really loved it. And then Turning Red, I think, is not just the best animated film of the year, but I think it's one of the best movies of the year, period. Um, for me, if I had to rank my top three, uh, my top my, my top five list, it'll probably be Everything Everywhere All at Once at number one, um, The Northman at number two, um, See, it's a struggle for me between um, between the Batman and uh, and Turning Red because I think both of them are just amazing. Um, I have to watch Turning Red again. I have to because I honestly have only seen it twice. I've seen Batman six times. I saw the Batman six times, okay? I've only seen Turning Red twice, so I might have to go back and watch Turning Red again. Um I love that movie so much. And look, they got Lightyear coming out, which again, I don't, um, I, again, have not seen, um, look, I'll, I'll be honest, haven't seen anything from, I've only seen the trailers to Lightyear, so I can't really judge Lightyear yet, um, but I know there are a lot of people who saw some footage of it at CinemaCon and thought it looked absolutely incredible. So, Let's just wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. But I am now just eagerly excited for what Pixar has to do next. And the fact that, um, you know, like the fact that that Pete Doctor has kind of just been on this philosophy of let's just take filmmakers. Let's just take random people from Pixar and let's give them a movie, you know. Um, uh, Enrico Casarosa, who directed Luca, came from directing um, a short film called, La, uh, I think it was called La Luna. Um, Domishi, who directed Turning Red, came from that amazing Pixar short film, Bow. You know? Um, and of course, Peter So, uh, who directed a short called Partly Cloudy, but he also directed. Um, the Good Dinosaur, obviously given this film. Uh, Angus McLean, uh, also um, a, a Pixar. He's a Pixar. A, Angus McLean is a Pixar veteran. He actually started out, um, I believe he started out as an animator on the first Toy Story. Um, and uh, I believe. Now I got to. Uh, yeah, so he was in a, he was an animator um, on A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2. Um, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, uh, Cars, Ratatouille, Wally. Uh, uh, he was a directing animator on Wally. Um, Up, Toy Story Three. Uh, he was a co-director of Finding Dory, which I don't really like Finding Dory, but hey, uh, a lot of people seem to. Uh, and he directed. He directed. Uh, a short for the Wally DVD called Bernie, and directed uh, a couple of the Toy Story t- uh, tunes. Um, oh, he did Toy Story of Terror. Ooh, that that I like that one. Anyway, sorry, um, I'm distracted here. But no, I I am very much excited for what Pix- for Pixar's future and Elemental. The way it sounds, it kind of sounds like it's going to be like a Zootopia esque type of story 
with these two characters um, going on. And the concept art, if you have not seen the concept art, um, I would highly recommend um, you go and check out that um, uh, that that concept art. Because it looks kind of fun. Uh, it looks like a, it looks very Zootopia ish. Um, it looks like it, you know what kind of, it kind of looks like um, Soul mixed with Zootopia, you know, uh, just from the look of the characters and the look of the world. It just it, it looks incredible, and I can't wait. Um, also, this is gonna kind of be like uh, uh, Pixar's. Um, uh, Pixar's uh, uh, Last Airbender. Um, okay. Uh, with that down, uh, let's move on to the next topic. And the next topic, uh, not really a movie news. To, I, I guess it kind of relates to the movies. Um, there's a new Star Wars novel coming out. And it reveals information about the one thing everyone hated about the sequel trilogy. Ray's parents. <laughs> oh, be prepared to hear the wrath of all sequel trilogy haters. Okay, here's the here's the thing, guys. Okay, I myself am not the biggest fan of the sequel trilogy. However, I love Force Awakens. I love Last Jedi. Last Jedi is my second favorite Star Wars movie. Yes, f you. F all you haters out there. I love The Last Jedi. You can kiss my butt if you think if you if you think I'm an idiot. If you think I'm an idiot, kiss my ass. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um so but one of the things that I absolutely hated about the sequel trilogy was the whole raised parents thing. When they in Last Jedi kind of revealed that her parents were nobodies. I thought that was such a ballsy move, and I thought it was the perfect move to go with. Just have this Rey character be very similar to Anakin in the sense of he was just... The Anakin was just naturally... Was just... He didn't come from... He wasn't born... He wasn't the offspring of another Jedi... He wasn't the offspring of another Jedi. Now, I know a lot of people are like, well, Palpatine created Anakin. He's a virgin of the four. Screw that. I, I Screw that, okay? Anakin was this little unknown slave boy on Tatooine, and the Jedis looked at him and said, hey, he's, he's very powerful with the Force, and so he was trained to be a Jedi. Giving Rey a similar arc I thought was very cool in the sense that, okay, Yes, her parents are nobodies, but she's powerful. She's insanely powerful. It, it kind of would have worked better in that sense. I, at least I think. That's just me. I know a lot of people disagree, and that's fine. But then in Rise of Skywalker, they J.J. Abrams decided to retcon that and make her uh, Palpatine's granddaughter. Well, some new information has come out about that, and there is a novel that's being released called Shadow of the Sith, um, and I'm going to get the – I've already pre-ordered the book. I'm going to read the book, and I, I, I can't wait to read it. Um, it takes place in between the events of Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Uh, I think they said it was like two years before The Force Awakens. 
Um, uh, uh, Ray's, uh, they, it confirms one important thing. Uh, Ray's father is a failed Palpatine clone. And the parents' names are uh, in the ex in the ex uh, excerpt that they released. They've revealed the parents' name. Uh, fa- uh, Ray's father is uh, Dathan, uh, Dathan or Dathan, and uh, Ray's mom is Mira Mir, uh, Mira Mir. Kind of sounds like Boromir's sister. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Um, little Lord of the Rings reference for you there. Um, and, uh, here's kind of how I, I believe this was screen rant who, um, who put this together. So, uh, here's, here's what kind of like the basic premise is. Um, Shadow of the Sith follows Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian as they search for the planet Exegol and cross paths with Ochi of Bastoon, uh, the Sith bounty hunter who, uh, sent by Palpatine to kidnap Rey from her parents. Um, so uh, essentially, what this novel sounds like it's going to be, it's it's it, instead of they should not call it Shadow of the Sith. Instead, what they should call it is let's fill in the blanks for Rise of, for the Rise of Skywalker plot holes. Um, because that's exactly what this sounds. This just proves. That the sequel trilogy did not have a plan, and so that they have to use the books to explain everything. Very similar to the prequels, how um, you know, let, like let's say if the Clone Wars series never existed, okay, and you watch the original trilogy, and you're like, and he was a very good, fr-, and you hear Obi Wan so go, and he was a very good friend. You watch the prequels, and you're like, I don't get that vibe. I don't get that. I don't get that vibe of a very good friend. I get the vibe that Obi Wan might have might as well just said he was a really big shithead. I, I really hope. I really hope he did not. I really hope the apple then fell very far from the tree. I'm like. I'm just like. Okay. Like I wouldn't buy that. So what did they do? They had an entire animated series that shows you this was the relationship. That Obi-Wan was referring to in A New Hope. This was it. And it works. And it's great. Who knows? This Shadow of the Sith book may be fantastic. That's why I'm going to read it. And that's why I've already pre-ordered it. I'm, and as soon as it gets onto my Amazon Fire Kindle, I will be going through that. Like, like I'll be going through it really, really fast. Okay? Um, I'm very excited to read the book. But it doesn't change the fact that this book is very is going to very much be a, um, you know, let's fill in all the plot holes that we didn't plan in the sequel trilogy. Ah. Um, yeah, it's 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 basically that's basically what it is. Um, but that being said, the the idea of it sounds very exciting. Um, I the i the idea of the book sounds pretty interesting. Let's see if it's executed in a way that it will in some way make the reveal of Ray's of Ray's lineage uh, better. Who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. We we just don't know yet. Um, But uh, the one thing that this absolutely does show to me is that the sequel trilogy just had no idea 
what the hell they were doing with Ray's lineage. That's exactly what this proves to me. Now, I like what Colin Trevorrow was doing. A lot of people say, oh, Colin Trevorrow's script, it wasn't, it was, it didn't feel like Star Wars. No, it did feel like Star Wars. Because unlike what JJ did with Rise of Skywalker, where he basically retconned everything in Last Jedi and basically just made a sequel to The Force Awakens. Colin Trevorrow took what JJ set up and what Ryan set up and made an original new Star Wars film that that connected not just the entire sequel trilogy, but really connected the whole saga as a whole. And in that script, Ray Ray's parents were essentially nobodies. Her name in the script was Ray Solana. So I hope that one day they take that idea that Colin Trevorrow idea. Now they would have to change a lot of stuff because it is that you cannot do it the exact way that it is. But I would love it if someone if someone at Lucasfilm decided, you know what, Colin, let's invite you back into the Star Wars world. I want you to take this idea. I want you to make a ten episode miniseries for a ten episode miniseries for Disney Plus. And that would be great anyway, but that's just me. Meh, meh, meh. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about all the stuff. Going is Keeping on the subject of Star Wars, there are so much stuff that was revealed in, in Star Wars this week um, in regards to there was a, uh, a little article on – there was a little issue of Variety that dealt with the future of Star Wars. Now, before we get into that, um, I'm going to go ahead and just take the commercial break now um, because we are at the 30-minute mark. I'm going to go ahead and take the commercial break now because this is going to be a pretty long uh, segment that we're going to get into here. Um, and then right after that, we'll, we'll just go straight into the Q&A questions. So hang on tight, guys. Um, let's go ahead and let's take the Zeke said so, uh, the Zeke said so show commercial break. And don't worry, guys. The Zeke said so show will be right back. Hey there, guys. So if you are looking for more content besides the Zeke Said So podcast, don't worry. That's where the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel comes in. Now, Zeke Said So uh, Pictures, the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel uh, has been around for a very long time and has some great videos on there. You can go and watch some of our older stuff. But we are also planning on starting to upload all the short films, including The Passion for Film, uh, dropping uh, this uh, dropping uh, this upcoming holiday season. You have all this other great stuff like War for the Geeks and End of the Line. You can go back and watch those uh, two shorts. Uh, there's some trailer reactions, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and there are so many more videos coming to the channel. You can see some of my reactions to trailers and some of my reactions to movies like my Multiverse of Madness out of the theater reaction. And also I do some editorial stuff like my thoughts on the Batman or or my how Logan changed my life and all sorts of other really great stuff, including channel updates and many, many, many more. If you want to check all this stuff out on this 
you can go to Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel and definitely go and check all that out and subscribe to the YouTube channel and share it with all of your friends. If they love movies, they should come and check out the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. So once again, that is youtube.com slash Zeke Said So Pictures. Once again, that is youtube.com slash Zeke Said So Pictures. All right, guys, and we are back with the Zeke Said So Show. Again, make sure you guys go check out the Zeke Said So Pictures YouTube channel. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's talk about this uh, Variety article, uh, this this article in Ver- this uh, issue of Variety that dealt with the future of Star Wars. Uh, one of the things they announced was that Spider-Man director uh, John Watts is getting a Star Wars series that will be Stranger Things, but in the Star Wars universe. Now, essentially, uh, the way they kind of um, broke this down, uh, let me bring up, um, let me bring up the whole, um, let me bring up the article in Variety here. Uh, so, um, so here, so here's here's the basic. Um, Here's the basic thing, okay? Um, so, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, rumors first circulated in February that Tom Holland, Spider-Man director, was circling a Star Wars television series at Disney+. Plus. But a new report from Vanity Fair now confirms the show. Lucasfilm gave no plot details about the project. Vanity Fair reports the show is being developed under the codename uh, grammar, uh, grammar, uh, grammar, uh, rodeo, which is a reference to an episode of The Simpsons in which Bart and his schoolmates steal a car and and run away for a week using a phony educational event as an alibi. Uh, Vanity Fair's report continues. Uh, the show takes place during the post-Return of the Jedi reconstruction that follows the fall of the Empire, the same as The Mandalorian. But, but it's no, but it, but it's, uh, but its plot remains a secret. It's created and executive produced by director, by director John Watts and writer Chris Ford, who made Spider-Man Homecoming for Marvel. A casting notice has called for four children around 11 to 12 years old. Inside Lucasfilm, uh, the show is being described as a galactic version of a classic Amblin coming of age uh, adventure uh, adventure films of the eighties. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's 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 pretty much it. Now, when they announced that he was no longer directing Fantastic Four, because remember he was directing Fantastic Four. I said this on the Zeke Zedzo show. They, he was like, "Oh, I've been making these movies for so long. I need a, oh, I need a rest. Oh, oh, I need a rest." I, I, I told everyone that was bullshit. I told everyone that was bullshit. Um, I think what ended up happening was that him and Marvel decided to to decided to part ways because I think they had differences on what they wanted to do with Fantastic Four. But I think Kevin Feige was like, "Hey, hey." 
I'm producing a Star Wars movie right now, so I have connections with Kathleen Kennedy. Let me get you in a room with her. And then they sat down and kind of talked, and they were like, "So, John, um, how would you like to do a Star Wars? Pro- how would you like to do a Star Wars series?" Now, I will say, I like the idea of taking an old style uh, Amblin uh, uh, Amblin film, uh, a coming of age Amblin film, and putting that in the vein of a Star Wars series. What would be really cool? Okay, here's what would be really awesome. If these if these four kids, if the plot is really about this, okay, these four kids um, uh, take an old broken down X-Wing, uh, no, uh, an old broken down TIE fighter, and they steal and they and they steal the TIE fighter, and it's still operational. And they steal it. And and um, they're being chased down by uh, the New Republic because they think, oh, it's an Imperial ship. Let's, you know, and it's just it's a bunch of shenanigans involving these four kids that I think that would be a fun little premise to, to kind of go with. Um, so who knows what the series is about, but I am very excited. The only thing I don't like about it, only thing. I don't like the idea of it taking place after Return of the Jedi. I would much rather have it be take place after the Rise of Skywalker and have it be these four kids um were and 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 have it be that these four kids were maybe um the I don't know. They were the same kids that Finn and Rose liberated from Cantobite, and now they're off on their own advent. And now they, they, they are kind of off on this Amblin-like coming-of-age adventure. Who knows? That that's what I would have done personally, but I do like the idea nonetheless. You know, and who knows? Maybe this might work out. May, and who knows? Maybe this might cross over with Mandalorian. Could we see these characters crossing over with Mando and Grogu and? Um, and you know, uh, Ahsoka and um, Boba Fett and all these, all these different shows that are all interconnected and all take place around the same time. Could we see, and could we see characters from the books? Like, um, uh, shoot, who was the, the villain in, um, after in star Wars aftermath, uh, star Wars aftermath. Who's the villain in Star Wars Aftermath? Um, let me, let me see. Um, Empires and okay. Uh, like maybe you have character the characters from Aftermath, uh, like Gallius Rax, who's the villain uh, around this time. He's kind of like one of the main antagonists of of the. You know, maybe have characters from the um, uh, the I believe is what was the what was the what was the the squadron from uh, Battlefront Two? What was uh, what was the uh, what was the what was the uh, the characters? Um, what was the characters' name from? Uh, Hold on, now I gotta look this up, because 
I think there's an I there could be a way to bring those in. Um would you stop it? Okay. Um bring this up a little bit here. Okay. Uh can't find a list of char- the, the characters list. Um Don't know why I can't find the characters. Uh oh, here's here's the main character. Uh I didn't uh I didn't uh ver- verse versio verso um like maybe she makes an appearance because she does uh, defect from the empire and goes to join the rebels. So who knows? I mean, like who knows? There's there's so much potential to to cross all these different storylines over. Now who knows? Now now the other thing is that a lot of people have complained about is making the galaxy shorter. Who knows? Maybe they might expand it and make it and make it so that these characters never end up meeting Mando or any of those other characters that are running around during the same time. So, all right, Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next thing that they talked about, which they gave some details about the acolytes. Um, And uh, one of the details that they share that the series will be set a hundred years before the events of the Skywalker saga. Um, And then Leslie Headland had all had this to say, this is the details that she gives. So this is going to be a pretty lengthy quote. So forgive me. Um, Okay. So Leslie Headland had this to say, Uh, a lot of those characters haven't even been born yet. We're taking a look at the political and personal and spiritual things that came up in a time period that we don't know much about. My question when watching the Phantom Menace was like, well, how did things well how did things get to this point? How did we get to a point where a Sith Lord can infiltrate the Senate and none of the Jedi pick up on it? Like what went wrong? What are the scenarios that led us to this movement? She continues with um we actually we actually use the term the Renaissance or the Age of Enlightenment. Uh, the Jedi uniforms are gold and white, and it's almost like they would never get dirty. They would never be out and about. The idea is that they could have these types of uniforms uh, because that's how little they, they're they getting into skirmishes. So look, I'm not going to lie when I say the description kind of disappoints me. Because I gotta be honest, I I now I have not read the the High Republic novels. Um, I have a friend who has, and I've been told that they are not really that great. I just I really wanted this show to take place during the Old Republic, and I don't know why Lucasfilm decided to create this new era called the High Republic and not even mention the Old Republic. Like, give us a Knights of the Old Republic television show. 
have Knights of the Old Republic be this Game of Thrones-like television show that maybe leads us into the High Republic, you know? Because I got to say, from the sounds of this, now look, who knows? For all I know, this show could end up being the best thing that ever happened to Star Wars. I simply don't know. This show might end up being better, being better than Mandalorian. Who knows? But the I, the fact that they have decided, first of all, to not even call it the High Republic. They're calling it the Age of Enlightenment. It's all stupid. It's all stupid. And I just really wish that Lucasfilm would just let us build to the High Republic. You know? Start us off with a... Knights of the Old Republic, four seasons of a Knights of the Old Republic television show. Each season is about 10 episodes long. 40 episodes of Knights of the Old Republic then lead us into um, the High Republic. You know, have that be the new era that then leads us into um, the area that then leads us into the High Republic that then leads us into the Skywalker Saga. Because... For me, the way I see it, this just sounds like, it sounds like we're, I don't know. It sounds like we're trying to connect things back to the Skywalker saga, you know? And I just wish that they would do it like 10, I wish they would do a series that takes place thousands of years before the events of the Skywalker saga, you know? Again, a Knights of the Old Republic series would be awesome. Knights of the Old Republic television show on Disney Plus would be astounding. And have it be like Game of Thrones, but in the Star Wars universe. Have it be this more darker... Um, I'm not saying, you know, show boobs or anything like they do in Game of Thrones, but have it be a more darker, more edgier Star Wars show, you know? have more of that like Jedi versus Sith battles that they've that they've established in Knights of the Old Republic because that would be awesome now I myself have never I myself haven't played Knights of the Old Republic I know people who have and I've seen the gameplays online and I think if you did a a a four seasons of a television show or hell six seasons of a television show about Knights of the Old Republic, that would be incredible. Just incredible, but I don't see them ever doing it. I just don't see them ever doing it. Because Kathleen Kennedy, I don't know. I don't know. And again, for all I know, this Acolyte series could end up being awesome, and it could end up being the best thing that ever happened to Star Wars. I'm just saying, from the way it sounds to me, it sounds like... We're playing it. It sounds like to me that they're going to play it safe. And I, I'm so tired of Star Wars playing it safe. Take chances. The Mandalorian is a huge risk and it's working on and it's paying off beautifully for Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm is literally like Disney Plus. A majority of Disney Plus subscribers are coming for, like, from, are came from The Mandalorian. So taking a risk helps. Taking those chances helps you. 
and I just wish they would do more of that. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on to the to the last thing we'll talk about uh, from this Variety um, article. Um, now, uh, the Variety article kind of gets into uh, Kathleen Kennedy uh, gets interviewed in the Variety article, um, and uh, she kind of had this to say. Um, about uh, the future of Star Wars projects. Um, uh, And so this is kind of what she had to say. Um, We we have a roadmap. I would say that Taika's... uh, Talking about Taika Waititi. Taika's story fits more specifically into that. Rogue Squadron, we kind of pushed off to the side for the moment. Patty is developing the script further. Then we will talk about how how that connects to the central spine that we're working on. There's a couple of filmmakers. Uh, there's a couple of filmmakers that we've been in conversations that we've been in conversation with over quite a long period of time. That I'm hoping will come in and make the overall commitment that John and Dave have made. I'm talking about John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Um, uh, that's ideally what I would love to see happen in the feature space. I wouldn't go so far. Uh, Kevin Feige is an an anomaly, uh, an amazing one. Uh, but the goal is definitely having somebody make more. Uh, uh, but the goal. Is, let me try that again. But the goal is definitely having somebody make more of a commitment. I hesitate to use the word trilogies anymore because Star Wars is much more about persistent storytelling. I think it is vital. Just staying with within the construct of George's storytelling, of George Lucas's storytelling to keep chipping away at that. I think I think it would I think bleh, to just keep chipping away way at that I think would be wrong. It's our job to step away now, but still have a connection to the mythology the mythology that George created that won't stop but we are moving from we are we are moving from the Skywalker saga that's what's taking a lot of time discussion and thought right now so Kathleen Kennedy essentially in this article essentially admitted defeat now I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying as as this, okay? She basically admitted to, number one, the sequel trilogy didn't have a plan. Um, she had mentioned in this article that several projects are on the back burner, like Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy is labeled as put on the back, back burner. And um, I'll give my thoughts on that in the Q&A because that's one of the questions, actually. Um... You know, you have Patty Jenkins uh, working on Rogue Squadron. Apparently, I have my doubts that it's actually going to happen. Um, and she essentially said, we're not going to be doing trilogies anymore. Oh, I should also mention, she also essentially decided to blame um, Alden Ehrenreich for the, the failure of Solo. And saying that we are not going to be recasting legacy characters anymore. Now, I 
for one, completely disagree um, with that. Um, I think, look, here's here's the thing. Solo, and you know what? I actually rewatched because, like I mentioned, I've been rewatching the Star Wars movies, and I rewatched Solo. The problem with Solo was not the fact that you <laughs> was not the fact that oh, um, Alden Ehrenreich was just the wrong. I actually don't think Alden Ehrenreich was that bad in the role. I don't think he was that bad in the role. The problem with Solo was that you just had a terrible script and it just visually looked unappealing. And look what they're doing with Obi-Wan. Ewan McGregor is not legacy. I mean, Ewan McGregor was a recast of Alec Guinness. So what, are you telling me that Oh, are you telling me that Ewan McGregor's a different... No, it's not. It's the same situation as Alden Ehrenreich. I don't mind... In fact, I want them to recast legacy characters. I want them to recast um, a young Princess Leia because I think we could get a really fun uh, young Princess Leia series. Um, I would love for them to to have Sebastian Stan come in and play a young Luke Skywalker because I think, first of all, I hate the fact that they're doing this weird CGI face Luke Skywalker. I, I hate it. I, I hate it. I, granted, it looked better in Book of Boba Fett, but I still hate it. I, I hate it. Um, I would much rather have them recast and go with a different... And, hell, Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka for crying out loud. So, like, I don't understand. So, I, I disagree with Kathleen Kennedy on, oh, we can't recast legacy characters. No, that's bullshit. That, that that's full bullshit. But anyway, besides that, her her comments here, I love her comments here because she's starting to talk more about we are creating a roadmap. We are creating a plan. We know where we want to go. We eventually have plans to tie all these stories together. That's what we wanted the entire time. We did not want a just, oh, here, JJ, you make your movie. Ryan, you make your movie. Uh, Gareth, you make your movie. Uh, hey, uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, make this movie. Oh, we can't. We Oh, well, uh, Ron Howard, here, you make this movie instead. Um, uh, uh, oh, Colin, uh, Colin Trevorrow doesn't want to. Oh, I think we should. Uh, 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 JJ, go back and make episode nine. Um, uh, 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 Oh, Gareth Edwards is messing up Rogue One. And here, Tony Gilroy. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how they've treated the Star Wars films up until this point. And I am glad to hear that Kathleen Kennedy is saying no more of that shit. No more of that shit. We are going to have a roadmap. We're going to have a plan. And I think here's what I think, okay? Here's, here's what I definitely think. I think that Kevin Feige... Because he's working on his Star Wars film, I think Kevin Feige also came in there and said and gave her advice on how to properly plan out your the future of your of your uh, franchise. Because think about what Kevin Feige has done. Kevin Feige was successfully able to get us through an entire saga over the course of 10 years. 10 years 
and was able to get us through an entire saga in that time because he had a plan and he stuck to it. He stuck to the plan. Even when it was an unpopular, even if he was unpopular for sticking with the plan. Because, like, look, Edgar Wright was supposed to direct Ant-Man. Unfortunately, Edgar Wright's version of Ant-Man didn't fit with Kevin Feige's plan, so they decided to part ways. I would love to see Edgar Wright come back to the MCU, but that's what happened. So Kevin Feige has charted the MCU and and... The reason why it is as successful as it is is because of that man. Kathleen Kennedy needs to understand that that's how you are going to make Star Wars thrive and that's how Star Wars is going to be better. Is if you map out, think about what John and Dave, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are doing. Uh, Favreau and Filoni, they are basically charting out and mapping out where they're going to go. How is Ahsoka going to impact Mandalorian? How is Book of Boba Fett impacting Mando Season 3? How is Mando Season 2 impacting Book of Boba Fett? You know, all of that is being planned out, and all of it is kind of being, you know, mapped out by people who understand what they're doing. They understand what they're doing, and that is a Kevin Feige way of thinking. It is a very Kevin Feige way of thinking. So... Um, I like the fact that Ka- that Kathleen Kennedy seems to be going back and uh, thinking about how they're going to do that. Okay, guys. With all that down and out of the way, let's move on to the Q&A segment. All right, guys. So the first Q&A question we have here is, uh, when do you think we will get our first trailer for, for Wakanda Forever? Um, well... Um, as it was announced, uh, I'm recording this show literally on Saturday. So as it was announced today, um, we're getting our final, our new trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. So that's going to be, that's going to be good. Um, I would say we will get our first trail, our teaser trailer right around the time that, uh, Thor Love and Thunder comes out. Maybe a week before Thor Love and Thunder comes out is when we'll get our first teaser for Wakanda Forever. And I think the final trailer is going to be shown at D23. Because D23 is in, let's see, uh, D23, uh, when's that? Uh, It is going to be the weekend of, let me see, September. Ooh, it's the weekend of my birthday. Ooh, nice. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, so D23 is going to happen um, weekend of my birthday. Um, anyway, um, so uh, yes. So um, uh, I think we're going to get a, a, a teaser for, uh, a, a, well, specifically a, a new trailer Um because the teaser, I think, will come out a week before Thor Love and Thunder. And I think the trailer will be dropped at D23. I think that's how they're going to play it. So, okay. Um, thoughts on the Screen Rant pitch meeting series? I love that series. I love it so much. Um, actually, it's going to be super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Oh, wow, 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 wow. 
Um, yeah, no, I love that series. I, I think it's I think it's pretty funny, and um, you know, it's funny because a little Zeke, a little behind the scenes fact, a little Zeke said so history here. I had an idea very similar to pitch meetings. I had an idea very similar, but I just chose not to do it just because I didn't know if I could. I I didn't know if I could get away with doing something. I I just didn't think I was. I didn't know if I was number one smart enough to to be spitting out facts, but also I also didn't think I would be. It would be a. I I also didn't think it would be as funny as I thought it was. But I had an I had I I had an idea very similar to pitch meetings and uh, look uh, Screen Rant is doing pitch meetings and um, I love that I love watching it now I love it it's awesome so awesome anyway all right um there is a companion book to the Northman called uh, the Northman a call to the gods will you read this book and do you think there's a possibility we see a sequel. Um, a sequel? No, 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 no. Sequel? No. If now, I'm not saying I. If you've seen The Northman, you know what happens. The movie really doesn't open itself up to do a sequel. Will I read this book? Hell yeah, I'm gonna read this book because I loved The Northman. The Northman was so awesome. And so good. I literally, it's it's my second favorite movie of the year. Um, I think Robert Eggers did a fantastic job with that film. Because don't get me wrong, I like I liked The Witch. And I liked The Lighthouse. But I haven't loved a Robert Eggers movie. I love The Northman. It's probably, this is my favorite movie Robert Eggers has ever done. Seriously, it is. Um... And yeah, I I can't wait to read the uh, the companion book because I think that will be awesome. Okay, uh, Knives Out Two might go to theaters for forty five days before going to Netflix. Are you excited for this? Yes, I am. I am so excited for this. Um, I look, you guys know me. I prefer the theaters over watching a movie at home. I really do. Don't get me wrong. I have a great TV. I, I, it has a really good. Now I don't have a full sound system, but it, the TV is my, my, I have my, uh, I'm recording this from my bedroom. I have a Roku TV. It's nice. It's loud. And the picture quality is fantastic. Um, it's a four, it, it, uh, you know, it plays, uh, it plays my 4k movies on, uh, on Google and and uh, and Vudu and even some of the 4K stuff that's on Disney Plus, beautiful beautiful picture, beautiful presentation, beautiful presentation. But the theatrical spirit experience for me is the way to go. I can't imagine watching the Batman and then seeing that scene where the Batmobile turns on for the first time. I can't imagine watching that at home for the first time. But when you're watching it in a theater, when I saw that scene in a theater for the first time, I remember the audience that I saw it with, literally, like, everybody in that theater was shaking. Like, oh, oh, whoa. Like, we were all kind of just terrified at the sound. And that's only an experience you can have inside of a movie theater. 
Or here's another example. Watching Toby and Andrew walking through the portals in Spider-Man No Way Home. I can't imagine watching that scene at home. It it doesn't work as well. Like I love watching it. I have it on 4K. I love watching it here here, here in my house. But it it does it fails in comparison to watching it on a big screen with a packed theater and we're all screaming and shouting, you know, bring out Toby, bring out Andrew. And then all of a sudden both of them appear and we're all standing and cheering. And then when they all, when all three Spider-Man are swinging together, everyone's clapping and cheering. Awesome moment. And I will never forget the experience I had watching the first Knives Out movie in a theater. No. Okay, so it wasn't the first time I saw it, okay? But I remember going to see it a second time because I went and saw it, I believe it was three times when it was in theaters. I remember hearing so many people like getting excited. And when um, when the family is having their big arguments, you know, and Michael Shannon's character is throwing out lines like, I don't, I, I, um, I ain't eating. I'm not eating one iota of shit. Or, um, or when, <laughs> when they're having uh, the car chase, and you hear, you hear Chris, uh, uh, you hear Chris Evans's character uh, Ransom going, going, oh easy baby driver. <laughs> um, or when, when they get out, when the, when the car chase is finished, and you hear, um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character going. That was the dumbest car chase I've ever seen. I remember when all of those jokes were hitting, that theater erupted with laughter to the point where you couldn't hear the dialogue that was happening because the laughter was so loud. And that is an experience I don't think... It's one of my favorite movie-going experiences. So the fact that they are going to release Knives Out 2 in a theater, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Plus... I believe any movie Ryan Johnson makes should be a theatrical release. Any movie that man makes has to be a theater exclusive release. I just do. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, with Joe Russo's comments about Kevin Feige's involvement in MCU projects, do you think this could explain some of the issues with the MCU now? Um, no. I Look, here's the thing. A lot of people... Like to be like to say, you know, oh, studios shouldn't interfere. What do you think Kevin Feige does? Like Kevin Feige is the ultimate studio interference guy. He's always saying you can't do this. Like even Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves said in an interview that he doesn't want to make a Marvel movie because, as much as he likes watching them. Kevin Feige has a plan, and if you do something that isn't part of that plan, Kevin Feige is going to go find someone else who who will play ball, you know. And and I remember Kevin Feige even saying in an interview that um, we 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 find a director, and then we have a lot of meetings um, to see if we're on the same page creatively. You know, because there's nothing worse than getting halfway through a project and then all of a sudden um, you're like, oh, we're not on the same page. Well, boot them off, <coughs> Lord and Miller. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but no, I. Um, so I 
And plus, also, what would Kevin Feige's involvement have to do with issues with the MCU? What would that have to do with anything? You know, because it really depends on the movie itself, you know? How good of a job did Michael Waldron writing the script for Doctor Strange 2? Or how good of a job did they did um they do writing the script writing the finale of Moon Knight? Or how good of a job they did writing the script for Spider-Man No Way Home? You know, it all depends on each individual movie. Because guess what? I unlike most people, I haven't hated phase four. I haven't hated phase four. I've enjoyed it a lot. Have I liked it as phase one, two, and three? No. Is it my least favorite phase in in the MCU? Yeah. But so far, I've I loved No Way Home. I loved Shang Chi. I loved Eternals. Um, I loved WandaVision. I loved Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, so and I loved Moon Knight. So I honestly and I I really had fun. Watching, I had fun watching Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that whole. Oh, it's because Kevin Feige is Kevin Feige is causing the issues. No, I don't agree with that at all. So, all right. And the final question is: Thoughts on Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy being put on the back burner? Honestly, guys, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy is happening. I've I've just come to accept unless Ryan Johnson comes out on stage at Star Wars Celebration and says, "Hey guys, um, I'm shooting uh, Knives Out right now," but I'll tell you what, um, and he li- he picks up one of his notebooks that he writes his outlines on, and he picks up one of the notebooks like, "I have the treatment for. I'm starting the writing process." on star wars and then all of a sudden they give a title for the movie you know i am need i've been working on this star wars trilogy for a long time and here's the title for the first movie bam and then what what will they do and then all all of a sudden you know what would really make it pop is if ryan johnson was there and he goes oh and by the way we're going to be shooting these three movies back to back and here's the title for all three movies. Star Wars this, bam, 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 bam. All three movies. And then saying, and then saying, and we're going to shoot them all back to back. Boom. Crowd goes wild. Crowd goes wild. Now, here's what I do think will happen. I do believe at Star Wars Celebration, whether or not they, they announce Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy, which I, again, I don't think it's happening, but it would be cool. I think at Star Wars Celebration, they are going to announce their next slate of movies. I really do. I think we are going to get a slate of movies starting with Taika's move, starting with Taika Watiti's project, then moving into um, Rogue Squadron, and then moving into uh, Kevin, whatever Kevin Feige's Star Wars project is. You know, I think we're going to get a full on slate of movies. And I do think we're going to get announcements on who some of these filmmakers are that um, that they're talking about. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay, guys. With all that, that will do it for this week's episode of the Zeke Sensor Show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and 
uh, hearing me ramble on about Star Wars and Disney-related stuff. Um, this I just realized this was a full-on Disney. Uh, I'm pretty sure somebody is going to send me a message talking about how I'm such a, a Disney shill. Anyway, um, so... Yes, that will do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Listen, guys, don't forget check out the check out the Zeke said so pictures YouTube channel. Uh, check follow me on social media, both at Zeke said on um, both on Instagram and Twitter at Zeke said so. Uh, check out the Zeke said so website and listen, guys. Don't forget to check out the sponsor of today's episode, Anchor Podcasting. Go to Go to the link. Uh, the podcast. the The sponsor link is going to be in the description of this video. Um, not only do you when if when you support our sponsors, you're not only when you click on the link, guys. Don't don't forget, guys. When you when you go to those links, not only are you supporting the sponsors, but you are supporting the Zeke Said So uh, podcast as a whole. Um, and it does help us keep the lights on around here. So go check out this. Go check out. Um, our the sponsor of our of our podcast anchor.fm and uh and yeah let's and also don't forget to share and subscribe to the podcast thank you guys so much for listening and if you guys like this podcast please make sure you share it and subscribe i think i should subscribe to this podcast because zeke the geek said so and i'll talk to you guys later peace out